Welcome to Photo Taco, the only show with photography tips you can learn in the time it takes to eat a taco. Or perhaps a burrito. Photo Taco! Hey everybody, welcome into another episode of Photo Taco on the Improved Photography Network. I'm your host, Jeff Harmon. Thanks for spending a few minutes of your day with me. Before getting into the episode today, I want to very quickly run through three little mini topics, I'm going to call them, about Lightroom that we've been discussing in both the Improved Photography and Photo Taco listener Facebook groups. Now, I know there are thousands of you listening that have not yet joined the Photo Taco listeners Facebook group and are, you're missing out on a great opportunity to be part of a super uplifting community of photographers. So if you aren't driving in your car or running on your treadmill, I want you to pause the show right now. Head over to facebook.com slash group slash photo taco and ask to be a member right now. Go ahead. Go, go do that. Okay. First mini topic from the group. Um, there was a bug I've seen a lot of people ask about many times over the past several months. It's a bug that only affects Lightroom on Mac. So you Windows users don't have to worry about this one. What happens is at some point along the way, as you're editing photos, your panels all go black in Lightroom. And it's not like it's the the lights out mode or any of the full screen modes. It's a problem where all the panels and film strip go black. Like only the middle part where thumbnails are or the photo you're working on is even visible. And there's they thought they had this fixed. Adobe, it was a big target of what they were doing with the 2015.10 slash 6.10 Lightroom update that they released in early April 2017. But I'm not sure if they got it all. They weren't quite sure either. They said they took an attempt at it, and uh, we don't know if it's all fixed. There is a workaround. So what you do is not inside of Lightroom. When when this happens, you go down to that dock, the Mac dock. You know that that thing at the bottom of the screen that has all the icons in it of programs that you can launch. You go to the dock. You right click on the Lightroom icon there, and you select Hide. And then you right click again right after that, you, you right click again, you select show and boom, everything seems to be back to normal. So there's a pretty simple workaround. They're not exactly sure what's causing it. It's happened on multiple versions of Mac OS even. So they're still kind of tracking through that and they, they hope they can lick it soon. But if you do experience that, that is a bug and that's the solution. All right, second mini topic, questions about my workflow for moving photos from SSD to slower slash cheaper disk. Now, I've long recommended that you do whatever you can to put raw photos on an SSD while you're editing them in Lightroom. The performance difference, it's pretty astounding. SSD drives being quite a bit more expensive than the older magnetic spinning hard drive technology, I also recommend that as soon as you're done with editing your shoot, you move the photos off to that slower hard drive for long-term storage. Now, I did a photo talk episode called Photography and Storage going into the details and wrote an article for improvephotography.com called The Ultimate Backup Workflow for Photographers. And you should check it out. Uh, I'll put links to both of those in the show notes. The one thing I wanted to say about this is that some of my advice has changed in this front. So if you've heard me talk about this in the past, there's something I do need to update on and change. And that's that I used to recommend photographers move their photos from one drive to another, not one drive to the service, but from one type of hard drive, the SSD, to the longer term storage in another uh, inside a Lightroom, like in the library module, on the left-hand side, 
using the folders, you can go in and move stuff in there. And that way, when it was done, when the photos got moved, Lightroom already knew where it was at. The problem is my good friend from the show, Victoria Bampton, in our Lightroom Organization Photo Taco episode mentioned she does not recommend doing that because there's an increased potential to have your raw photos either become corrupted or even just deleted entirely when you move them in large quantities inside of Lightroom. So instead, she highly recommends moving the photos outside of Lightroom using Finder on Mac or Windows on Explorer uh, Windows Explorer on Windows, and then immediately going into Lightroom to update where the files were moved when it's all done. So that's a, a slight change that I want to make sure everyone was aware of. We've been talking a lot about it in our Facebook group, and it's a it's a really fabulous way to, to make sure you get the most performance out of Lightroom to be able to move these photos around, put it on fast storage while you're editing, and then move it off to slow storage like an external hard drive or a NAS system, something like that. But I used to say do it in Lightroom. Now I'm just saying use uh, Finder or Windows Explorer and move them yourself and then go update Lightroom, tell it where those files ended up. Third mini topic is a bug that is confirmed with the very latest update to Lightroom from Adobe in version 2015.10 slash 6.10. So the one we talked about where they already thought they'd fixed the black windows in Mac OS, they've got a new bug that's out with this release. It's a very, very minor one, really simple, easy, easy workaround. What happens is when you try to round trip edit a photo in Photoshop from Lightroom, you're shown a warning that camera raw needs to be version 9.10, even though you have Photoshop updated to the latest release, 2017.1 as I record this episode in April 2017. You can safely ignore the message and it will never go away even if you go try to look for an update, there isn't one. There's a bug in Lightroom where it doesn't recognize that you've got the very, very latest version of Photoshop. And it warns you that you might not have everything. Uh, it's This has been a longstanding thing. If you don't have Lightroom and Camera Raw in sync, then they want to warn you that there could be things you're doing in Lightroom that aren't available in Camera Raw as you go into Photoshop. So this is a longstanding thing that they've had there. It's just kind of broken in this release. And you are safe to ignore the message and just hit the Open Anyway button. It's going to be just fine. Everything is going to work as it should, you can just hit that open anyway button. You could say, don't warn me again about this, but I would want that warning to come back should you actually get into a problem later where Lightroom and Photoshop are not in sync anymore on camera raw. So for now, I'm just planning to hit open anyway until they fix the bug, which they think they're gonna have in the next dot release 2015.11 or 6.11. Okay, I think this is a good spot for the ad for this episode, which is for Improved Photography Plus. Even better than the Facebook groups is the community made up of subscribers to improvephotographyplus.com. As a subscriber, you get unlimited access to everything Improved Photography has ever created, which includes a ton of video training, Lightroom presets, and access to many of the hosts on the Improved Photography Podcast Network. It's only $19.95 a month to subscribe, and you can start your free trial today by heading over to improvephotographyplus.com. I want to thank Jim and Improved Photography Plus for making this episode possible. Now let's get on to the actual topic of this podcast in keywording in Lightroom or uh, keywording like a pro. Let's start off with why you would want to do keywording. There is plenty to complain about with Lightroom. Everyone complains about the performance, which as a very quick aside, if you haven't yet voted for my cull module idea, 
go to bit.ly slash coal module. So that's bit.ly slash coal module, C-U-L-L-M-O-D-U-L-E, coal module. Or hit up the link in the show notes and that will take you over to an idea post that I created in the Adobe forums. Anyway, Lightroom certainly faces some performance challenges these days, and I've heard from many listeners who aren't fans of the Creative Cloud subscription model either. Those photographers have an option in the standalone version of of the uh, perpetual licensed version in version 6, but it's looking very doubtful that that will continue to be an option whenever version 7 is released. Still, above everything else, all these challenges, the creative cloud subscription or the performance problems or whatever else you may dislike about Lightroom, Lightroom is designed to do digital asset management, often referred to as DAM for short, and it is very best product for that task that's available as I record this episode here in mid-April 2017. Now, there are a growing number of choices in post-processing software to process raw files, but there really aren't very many options to do asset management well. Lightroom just excels at this. It was designed from the beginning to do this, and it's good at it, including keywording. This episode is about keywording, so I'm not gonna go into those other options here. There are some that do digital asset management fairly well, but Lightroom is really one of the best options available today. And Adobe has done a great job with that in Lightroom. Now, keywording, if done well, it makes finding one specific photo out of thousands or even hundreds of thousands of photos super easy. But did you catch the caveat there at the beginning of that statement, if done well? Now, I'm still working on fully incorporating and organizing keyword into my own workflow. I don't do as good a job of this as I would like. I'm continually learning. I'm continually refining my process. And maybe that's always going to be the case. Maybe I'm always going to be able to get just a little bit better with keywording as I go along, as I am with all of the elements of my workflow. I decide things work better for me and I'm constantly tweaking it. Maybe that's fairly healthy. I'm still working on keywording then and preparing for this podcast has kind of made me have a renewed effort to do a better job of it. Now, I'm sure you've seen the keywording panel on the right hand side of the import screen where you can provide a set of keywords separated by commas as you are importing your photos. That may be the only time you actually have dealt with it. I know that was the case for me for many, many years of using Lightroom. I did do some rudimentary keywording. I always did it in the import dialog, and I'm gonna suggest an alternative way for you to do that. Perhaps you even throw a few keywords into that panel yourself as you've imported photos. Some of you may have noticed that you have the same panel in the library module in Lightroom also located on the right-hand side. But have you noticed the keyword list panel that's there in the library module? Now, we're going to spend a lot of time in this episode on the keyword list panel in a moment. But first, let me go over the keywording panel in the library module. Now, the idea of keywording is to apply a few key words, yeah, key words, (laughs) to your photos that describe what's in them. As good as computers are getting, and Google's working really hard on this, but as good as they're they're getting at looking at the actual pixels in the photo and understanding what is in there, what's in the photo, it's super easy to find epic failures of computers that are trying to do that. Documenting a few words that describe in text what's in the photo Well, that gives your computer a massive advantage in doing something it's pretty good at. It knows how to search through text 
really, really effectively. So keywords are stored in Lightroom catalog as metadata, just like the camera settings, date timestamps, ratings, there's all kinds of things that we call metadata that describe the photo. And you can think of it kind of like providing help to Lightroom so that later when you want to find a photo of, let's say, a puppy on the beach during sunset, well, you can search those words and find all of your shots where you've provided those keywords. Now let's talk about the details about how to do keywording. First off, I don't recommend doing keyword as you import photos. That may surprise many of you, but the reason isn't as much about workflow but rather a technical one. Also in the Lightroom organization photo taco episode, Victoria mentioned a little segment where we did keywording that Lightroom is known for having trouble when a lot of keywording is done in the import dialog box. You should go back and listen to that Lightroom organization photo taco episode and hear Victoria talk through that. Losing keywords, it can mix them up or in the worst case, you may even have photos get corrupted. Now I always, that was her voice, that was Victoria telling me that's a, that's a warning, <laughs> don't do that. And I always listen to Victoria because she speaks with a voice of experience. So I do as little as possible in the import dialogue box. That was kind of what we took, I took away from that episode was do as little as you can in the import dialogue because you reduce your chances of trouble. That includes completely ignoring the keywords box in the apply during import panel on the right hand side as you are in the import dialog box or it might be called the workflow today or workspace. I do my keywording from the library module after I've imported it and I hope after listening to this episode you'll consider doing it there as well. You get a few other advantages by keywording the library module. One of them is advanced features of the keywording panel there compared with the keywords box in the import dialog. They are not the same. They look similar, but they're not the same. The keywording panel in the library module offers that same box where you can type in a list of words separated by commas, but just because below that box are keyword suggestions that change as you add keywords. So Lightroom learns from you as you're doing keywording over time and it will suggest words in that keyword suggestion box or panel. It's not even a full panel. It's just this area right below the keyword box. It will suggest words that it has seen you put together or put on photos that are around the photo you're on so that you can just click them instead of having to type them in. And by the way, Adobe added a small feature you may not have noticed with the keywording panel in the library module back in version 2015.6 or Lightroom 6.6. .6. And it, the feature is that if you float your mouse over the keyword box, when you have them listed with commas separating them, it will show you a count of how many keywords have been applied to that photo. You have to hold the mouse over it for a, yeah, about a second before it will do that. And this little tooltip pop-up window will come up and it will tell you uh, some help information about the keywords, but also has a kind of the bottom of that a number of how many keywords you've applied to that photo, which is a really good feature for stock photographers who often have a certain number of keywords that they have to apply to every photo before they can submit it to the stock agency. And this is a good way to be able to very quickly be able to see how many keywords you actually have for a photo. So quick little tip of a feature that I don't really need, but stock photographers would. Just below those keyword suggestions in the keyword set portion of the keywording panel, Man, I was saying keywording a lot. 
<laughs> and it's hard to follow. But if you look in Lightroom as you're listening, then hopefully it would make a little bit more sense. So again, that was keyword suggestions, keyword set portion of the keyword panel. There's a keyword set kind of box. That's what I'm getting at. And it's right there in the keywording panel. And that keyword set, it has nine words that it shows in there. And if you've never really understood what's going on there, then this is going to tell you what that is and how you might want to use it. I personally don't find it something that I'm really good at using and I need to see if I can get better at it. But here's how it works. So by default, Lightroom comes with three keyword sets. They are called outdoor photography, portrait photography, and wedding photography. And it's right there in that keyword set. There's a drop down. It defaults to saying recently used. And so it's kind of monitoring the nine most recently used keywords that you've been using. But um, you can drop that down and you can pick either outdoor portrait or wedding photography. Let's just pick wedding photography just as an example. So then the nine keywords that are in that keyword set are bride, groom, Candid, wedding party, family, black and white, pre-ceremony, ceremony, and reception. Those are the nine words that are in that keyword set called wedding photography that came with Lightroom. Not sure I'd pick those nine words to be in that keyword set. I certainly wouldn't have each of those words be capitalized either so that each one of those starts with a capital letter in the default keywords from Lightroom or from Adobe in Lightroom, but we'll get to that in just a second about why I wouldn't do that. You can create your own keyword set, which is kind of the point here, which may be a really good idea if you have up to nine keywords that you're always using in certain types of shoots, like a wedding, for say. So if those aren't the nine that you would have show up for your wedding shoots, if you've got nine words that you continually use, then you go create your own key, uh, set, keyword set, or you can edit the one that, that uh, Adobe delivered to you for you, the default one. But I'd create your own, create your own keyword set and put in the nine keywords that you're using over and over and over. And you can now, the, the cool thing about this is, you can assign a hotkey to them so that when you're in the library module and you're applying keywords, you can do it really fast. The more times you have to go and use your mouse, take your hands off the keyboard and drag your mouse around to, to touch different things, that's slowing you down. It goes much, much faster if you can do keyboard shortcuts. And so this is a, an attempt that Adobe's provided to give you a way to save some time. So what you could, you'll notice if you're in the library module and you're looking at that keyword set portion of the keywording panel, then if you hold down alt on Windows or option on Mac, you can actually see to the left of each one of those words is a number. The word in the lower left, so there's like three rows of words, and then the lowest row, the bottom row of those, on the left-hand side, that's the, that's the number one keyword. Now, this doesn't mean it's the number one used or anything, it's just, it's assigned to the hotkey, where if you did Alt on Windows or Option on Mac, Alt slash Option one, then it will apply that keyword to that photo. The one right next to it, to the right, is number two, and to the right, for, again, is number three, and then you go up a row, the leftmost keyword's number four, the, to the right of that's five and six, and so on, you get the idea. Anyway, the library module, in the library module, if you choose your keyword set for the type of session you're doing, and then if you can memorize kind of which keyword is for what hotkey, 
you can really quickly apply those keywords. And again, this is something I have not personally used a whole lot. I really think I need to. I need to get to that point where I've got that kind of muscle memory and can be able to assign a keyword because it would save me time and it would help me do a better job of keywording if I got this down. So that's a feature I wanted to make sure you were aware of keyword sets and that you can go create your own, um, especially if you're applying similar keyword sets in a, uh, a photo shoot. So it's something maybe to notice as you do shoots, as you're editing sessions, then you can notice kind of what keywords you're needing to apply to the photos and consider creating a keyword set out of it. All right, now let's move on to my very favorite keywording feature in Lightroom, and that's the keyword list. Located just below that keywording panel that has so much feature and functionality we just talked through, the keywording list is a hierarchy of keywords, and that is what I like so much about it. Even if you don't use keywording list to apply keywords to your photos, it is worth working on your keywording list so that you can do a better job of consistently applying keywords to your photos in the other keywording panel. All right, it specifically helps to solve one of the problems you face with keywords, and that's dealing with words that are spelled differently in plural than they are in singular. Like the puppy picture on the beach at sunset, with many words, you can change the singular to a plural just by adding an S. You just put an S on the end of the word and it's plural. But puppy to puppies doesn't work that way. And that's one of the tips that Victoria shared back in that Lightroom Organization podcast to always use the plural form of the word when you are keywording. You can somewhat solve this problem using keyword list where you can put the word puppies in the list because that's the plural. That's the normal way that you should do it. Then you can in the keyword list, double click on that word puppies and you can put the word puppy singular in as a synonym for that word. And that way then later, if you forget about using plural words to tag your photos and you accidentally put in puppy as your keyword, well, it will actually show up in your search results when you're trying to find a photo if you search for puppies because you made puppy singular a synonym to puppies in your keyword list. So it's one of the really powerful features that you can get that so that you can overcome some of the challenges of forgetting to do plurals on your keywording and have singular end up showing in the same results really cool feature and I love how that works. I've really found that to be very helpful. Another reason I really like the keyword list is the organization it can help you to achieve. Perhaps it just speaks to my very nerdy brain and how it works, but I really like how I can organize keywords into the structure where I can put, you know, something like beach, clouds, fog, foothills, lightning, Milky Way, mountains, nice guys, sunrise, and sunset. Those are all keywords that I heard in a lot of my photos under the word landscapes. So I can organize things so that all of those keywords that I just mentioned will end up being under the landscapes keyword. And then I don't have to actually apply landscapes, that word itself as a keyword to the photo, because as soon as I put, let's say beach, if I tag a photo with beach, Lightroom already knows that that is a subs, that's a word underneath the landscapes word. And then if I go and search my Lightroom library for landscapes, any photo that I tagged with beach also shows up because I, when I'm searching for landscapes. So it's, it's a really powerful way to increase your searching capability without having to remember every single keyword that you need to apply to a photo. 
if I put the keyword of sunset on a photo, then I have them organized so that sunset is a keyword under landscapes and the keyword list when I search, even though I didn't actually put word landscapes in there again, would show up because um, sunset is also a word under landscape. So hopefully you kind of get the idea. Again, I think this is something that'll make a lot more sense if you spend some time doing it, doing keywording in general and using keywording list panel there in the library module. All right, the final reason I like the keyword list is for the help it can provide you as you're getting started to use the right keywords on your photos. Now, Victoria and I talked about the who, what, where, when, and how, oh, and why, sorry, who, what, where, why, when, and how of keywording in that Lightroom organization episode. So I, I mentioned I was gonna get to this topic again and, and why it is that this is important. I'm not gonna go through it again here because we did go through it enough in that Lightroom organization photo taco, taco episode. You can find it by doing a search, photo space, taco space, Lightroom's organization. And that's a, a way you can search for any photo taco episode. It does a pretty good job. The Goog knows pretty well what we've produced, um, especially the show notes that are, are very descriptive for photo taco. So um, go search for that episode if you want to learn more about that. I'm not going to go into that in, in detail here. We've already spent enough time on it. But there are also some keyword lists that people with a lot of experience in keywording have created. And it may be a very daunting task if you're facing that keyword list and you're like, um, what do I do? How do I get started? How do I build this hierarchy? Jeff went through all of those landscape words that he put under the word landscapes. He put out all these words. What were those? He went through those so fast. And what other words should I have? It's a daunting task to be thinking about how am I going to be building? In fact, this is an area of study and research into something called constrained vocabulary that are uh, there are people researching this and producing some of these lists for keyword lists. And it's way more in depth than I want to go to in this episode. So just I'm going to what I'm going to do is put a link in the show notes to a free keyword list that you can go and download. It's super easy to import it into Lightroom. It's just this text file. You import it into the keyword list there in the keyword list panel. You can do, there's a little arrow. You can click on that and then say you want to import a list. And it just pops in this hierarchy for you. I've been using it for a while now. It's one from the Lightroom Keyword List Project, kind of an open source free project that people have been working on. And they've made lots of suggestions. It's not brand new. So they've had some time to work on this list. And it seems pretty decent. I've been using it for a while, like I said. It's a, it's, it's a, a good starting point. It's something that I recommend taking a look at just to see if it works for you and how it helps. Maybe it'll at least cement in your head a little better the value of keyword lists and how you can use them. And, uh, and I encourage you to do that. The other thing that it really can help with is you can transition then away from maybe the flat hierarchy you had before in your keyword list where you weren't nesting any of your words into one that's nested and will help you do a better job of searching in the future. You can do that, you can, so for example, I had Milky Way as one of the, the keywords that I had applied to a lot of photos. I've done a lot of Milky Way shots and I've applied that keyword so I could find all of my Milky Way shots really fast. But a Milky Way shot is also a landscape shot and I didn't put that in a hierarchy. This was before I really knew about keyword lists and I hadn't really done that. So it also makes it, that keyword list panel makes it really easy to move photos so that you can get that organization. So the Milky Way was actually a word that ended up inside of that landscapes list. Uh, and so I moved the photos from 
the one outside of the hierarchy, the flat one that had no parent. And I moved all the photos to the one that's inside that land, underneath landscape. So landscapes, Milky Way. I moved my photos that I tagged with just Milky Way and put it under there. And then I deleted the other keyword. And now anytime I tag Milky Way in one of my photos, it's going to be a to also tagged as a landscape, which is great. That's exactly what I want. And that's just one minor example. You're going to have lots of those. All right. The last tool I wanted to mention in this episode on keywording like a pro is the painter tool that's available in the library module. And maybe you've seen this in some other use cases and maybe tried to use it to do some other things. But the idea is that that spray paint tool is to try to paint in the library module across a lot of photos or a, you know, a handful of photos, whatever is more than one, you want to apply the same metadata of some sort to it. And one of those things that you can do is keywording. So if you click on that spray paint icon that you can see just below the thumbnails of the photos in the library module, then you right next to that spray paint icon is a drop down box. So after you clicked it, there's a drop down and you can specify that you want to spray paint keywords. And so you choose keywords in that dropdown. And if when you do that, right next to that, to the right hand side, is a, a box that where you can type in a comma separated list of keywords. So keyword, comma, keyword, comma, keyword. And then wherever you spray that spray paint in the th on the thumbnails in the library module, those keywords that you put into that box will get put into the photos. It was a little confusing for me the first time, few times I tried to use the spray paint tool because I expected that if I was on one photo, I click spray paint and then I painted to the other photos that it would kind of take the keywords from the one photo that I had and paint those to the others. And that's not how it works. You click the spray paint, you click the drop down to do keywords and then you type in the keywords or you can copy the keywords from the photo you're on into that box that's down below all the thumbnails and then paint and it will paint those keywords onto those photos. So it's a really fast way to be able to add some keywords, maybe from one photo all to a whole bunch of them um, all at once. All right. So there we go. That's the, uh, the last tool I wanted to mention, but I have one more small topic that I need to go through. And that's because a listener, um, Robin Hoff, Caspar. I hope I said it, Robin. I'm <laughs> sorry. Uh, it's always dangerous saying names, but he asked in the Photo Taco listeners group this week about writing keyword metadata out to sidecar files so that they can be used by other programs. His point was, it, would, it sounds like it would be great to be able to search by keywords outside of Lightroom. Maybe the operating system could use it or maybe other, other post-processing software other tools that do digital asset management, wouldn't it be, it sounds like that would be great. So is this a feature I should use? Which I'm glad he asked the question of. It's been a feature available in Lightroom for a very long time now where you can write out metadata changes along with the majority of your edits out to something that a lot of people refer to as sidecar files, XMP files. And it writes those out right next to your raw photos on your hard drive. The advantage obviously being that all of that information is no longer trapped inside of Lightroom. So Lightroom writes that to its catalog, its database that it's got. It doesn't write it out to the files and nothing else can read that data or it's not really supposed to have access to that data. And so a way to get around that is to write out these sidecar files. Now I personally have very deliberately chosen not to do this. 
at least not to have the sidecar files be written out all the time as I'm doing my editing. And I, I have deliberately chosen not to do it, mostly for performance reasons. I want Lightroom to keep completely focused on keeping up with me as I'm editing my photos. So I don't have it do facial recognition, address lookups, or anything else while I'm editing photos. I want it to do be singularly focused on keeping up with me. And when it has to write out sidecar files um, while you're editing, it's got another thing it's going to have to try to do at the same time. And I don't want it to be unfocused and I, I don't want it to spend time doing something else besides keeping up with me. So I personally have chosen not to enable the feature to always write XMP sidecar, sidecar files out as you're editing. It's also turned out to be kind of a blessing in disguise or, or a good thing, a fortunate thing for me because there have been some issues occasionally on updates to Lightroom where if you have XMP sidecar file writing turned on, there's either been significant performance problems with some updates or some other minor problems that have happened where the resolution or the workaround was to go turn that off, turn that feature off until Adobe could figure out how to make it work well again. So I've avoided some problems and some bugs related to that feature, and I don't really mind not having it on. A lot of people like that for backup. Or in this case, as Robin was asking, it's a good way to get your metadata, your keywords outside of Lightroom so that they're accessible to other tools. Uh, I just choose not to have that happen while I'm editing. So what if you want to do that, but you also would really like to have your keywords exported? There is a way, kind of a workaround, but you have to remember to do it, which is a downside. You have to remember to do this, but you could easily, at the end of an editing session, select all of the photos, and then go up and hit the metadata menu and choose save to all files. And it will go for all the photos that you've selected and save, write, create those XMP sidecar files with all of the keywords you have, all the star ratings, all of the other ratings, all of the edits that are supported for XMP writing. All that stuff will end up out next to your raw files. And you can do it at once when you're done and you're not waiting for Lightroom to keep up with you anymore. So it might be kind of a thing you do just before you move your photos off to slower storage like we talked about uh, about at the beginning of the episode. You might choose to, and that might be your trigger, when you're gonna go move the photos, just write out the XMP files by doing this manual process and it will create those and then you move the, the raw files and the XMP files over to the slower hard drive and you have it all out exported in there. Maybe a happy medium, not something that I actually do either, but I thought of it as I was answering the question that you could do it that way and that would be quite effective. So there you go. Hopefully that answers your question, Robin. And hopefully all of you have learned a little bit about the keywording tools that are available in Lightroom. I think the best way to really get proficient at using them is the painful task of using them. <laughs> go figure them out, see what's gonna work for you, how it is you're gonna be able to do some keywording, because it really is super powerful. The, the little bit of keywording that I've done has changed over time, which is why I say a little bit. I've done keywording for almost, almost since the beginning, but I haven't been consistent enough for it to be super valuable as I am searching for photos. If I happen to have done the keywording well, 
then it makes it super easy to find photos. But if I haven't and I missed it, I'm always finding photos like, why didn't I tag that? That's I should have had that. Or I remember a photo I took several years ago, but it doesn't have that tag in it. What would I have put it? What, what keyword would I put on that photo? And I just have to keep at it. And everyone does. I think it's going to be a continuous thing. That keyword list, though, is a really great way to get a jump start on it. All right, that's it for this episode. I hope you all enjoyed it. As a quick reminder, you can suggest topics for the show through the Facebook group. Again, that's at facebook.com slash group slash phototaco or through Instagram. You can message at phototaco podcast or tag the show so I can see your photos and what you're working on. Love to have you. You do that or through email where the address is phototacopodcast at gmail.com. No questions are too basic or too complicated for the show. If I don't know the answer, I'll find someone who does, or I will research it until I become an expert. And don't forget to check out the other podcasts on the Improved Photography Network. There's Portrait Session, Tripod, Latitude, the new travel show, and of course, Improved Photography. Also take some time to head over to the mothership at improvephotography.com. Jim has a very renewed uh, effort going on there. We have some fantastic writers who are producing good, good content there. I'm referring to them in my show notes frequently. Uh, It's helping me to drive photo uh, photo taco episode topics as well. It's really a great resource that you've got to really make part of your day every day. You should just in the morning pop over there to improvephotography.com and check out what's new for today. We have constant updates on news, gear, and other photo tip articles. It's the best way to improve your photography. The views expressed on this program by independent host guests and callers do not necessarily reflect their views of improved photography LLC or its advertisers. Some links mentioned on this program are affiliate links where a commission is earned. Olay!